doesn't even mean anything. Just means you're going to get blown Boat out. Raced. It means you're going to get blown out. So Eric decided he wanted to share yeah. with Greg to and me. Actually, see a real boat race. And all of you this morning, the fact that there actually are boat races, <laughs> and he saw one. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. You heard us mention Centerpoint. Don't miss the summer in Wisconsin boat sale at Centerpoint in Pewaukee. Prices are down. Selection is up through July 1st. Choose from a selection of top boating brands. Chris Craft, Monterey, and more. Centerpoint in Pewaukee on Highway 16 and Capitol Drive. It's the summer in Wisconsin boat sale at Centerpoint. You visit them at centerpointservices.com. This segment brought to you by Centerpoint because... Eric literally witnessed a boat race <laughs> while up north this weekend. And, and not just one. Boat races. Two. Multiple. <laughs> boat races. I was at th- in Three Lakes, so way up north. Oh, Tree Lakes. Yeah. And they had the Tree Lakes shootout. And like, yeah, I, they did. I was blown away by this. Like, So they have these fairly small-looking boats with these ginormous engines on them, and it's kind of like a... Uh, a drag race, so it's not like they have multiple boats at once. Like I was kind of, I was kind of hoping they'd all go at the same time. So what is like a timed thing? Yeah, and they go, they clock in more than hundred miles an hour. They're flying through there, it's and it's a pretty small little space. It was pretty remarkable. There's bleachers. Everyone kind of stands and watches. They clean up the boats real nice and make sure they look real sweet. Yeah, right. And then everyone else goes. It's a hot rod of the water. A lot of people go out and just float and watch. They're all just sitting in their boats watching the boat race. <laughs> It was fantastic. So I had to text you guys. I'm like, I'm actually witnessing a boat race, a real one. <laughs> I did not have my phone on me at the time. Greg was with me. Greg Pancake Hill, producer of the program. He's like, dude, you got to see the text from Eric up north. <laughs> because if you listen to our show regularly, you know the boat race. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. The boat might. races. <laughs> we'll play that. And we we have taken the nomenclature to mean if, you're, if your team is getting... Boat raced. It's not a good day for <laughs> or your team. If your team is boat racing yes. another team. Yeah. I'm really happy I passed that on to my you're the first person I ever heard use that. <laughs> it was so funny. I think it was a segment with Tausch like a year ago. Yeah. Not quite a year ago, because we were talking Badgers football and you're like, Tausch, the Badgers gonna get boat raced this weekend. I think we're playing Ohio State <laughs> yeah, or whatever. I was worried about and it. It just came out. <laughs> I think it's so perfect. It doesn't even mean anything. Just means you're going to get blown Boat out. Raced. It means you're going to get blown out. So Eric decided he wanted to share yeah. with Greg to and me. actually see a real boat race. And all of you this morning, the fact that there actually are boat races, <laughs> and he saw one. 6.15 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Boat race. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. After winning two out of three in Cleveland, the Milwaukee Brewers took their talents to the Big Apple, and with one swing of the bat from Joey Weimer, Milwaukee took game one of the four-game set. Weimer, a high fly ball, deep center field, going back is Nimmo, at the track, at the wall, gone! Joey Weimer flips this game, it's two-to-one crew! Lane Grindle on the call right here on WTMJ, as Weimer knocked in the two-run blast to straightaway center, and the Brewers' bullpen holds it down for the 2-1 to victory on Monday night. I thought we did as good a job against them without scoring as we could do, uh, <laughs> you know, really for five innings. We put pressure on them every inning, or four of the five innings. It, a little frustrating not scoring. We left a bunch of men on base, but, you know, you get 
you know, if you get to a bullpen after five, you know, there, there's um, a chance. And then obviously we got a big swing from Joey. The Brewers will look for win number four on this road trip with Julio Tehran slated to get the start tonight in New York. Coverage gets underway right here on WTMJ beginning at 535. From the Diamond over to the NBA, where all eyes will be on the Milwaukee Bucks beginning on Friday afternoon. The league's free agency period opens up, and according to general manager John Horse, Chris Middleton remains at the top of his list to bring back to Milwaukee. Chris is core to who we are and uh, really all the success that we've had, and our goal is always to sustain sustain our success and continue to compete and be in a chance to win, a position to win year in and year out. And we hope to have them back. Free agency window opens up Friday at 5 p.m. And the Bucks will begin their summer league action the week after in Las Vegas beginning on July 7th. Lastly, over to the Men's College World Series where a day after they allowed 24 runs, the LSU Tigers put up 24 hits on their way to the 18-4 Game 3 championship clinching victory over the Florida Gators. The 0-2 pitch. Swing! championship is headed back to Baton Rouge. The dog pile begins left of the mound. LSU became the first Division I school to win a baseball and basketball national championship in the same season. Mama said there'll be days like this, there'll be days like this. Mama said, Mama said, Mama said. 6.22 on Wisconsin's Morning News this Tuesday morning. We didn't have a ton of family traditions growing up, Eric, but one thing we did every summer... I don't know why this was a thing, but every summer we went strawberry picking. Yeah, us too. Loved it. About this time every year, we always went to Elegant Farmer in McGuanago. I did double check. They don't have the strawberry fields anymore, so you can't pick your own. Okay. But there are a number of other places that have that and offer it this time of year. Kelly Herbst, local mom, founder of Milwaukee with Kids, mkewithkids.com, is live with us this morning. Is this a family tradition for you, Kelly? This is a family tradition, but we haven't been yet. We wanted to go last week, and then, you know, they actually they were some of these places were closing in the afternoons because it's been a weird strawberry season. So you really have to check um, the Facebook pages and the websites before you head out and make sure they're still picking that day and all of that because it's so weather-based, you know. And, and how is the crop this year? Are you, like, are you up on that? Do we, do we have lots of strawberries this year? Yeah. Is it a bumper crop? So yeah, bumper have- crop. I wouldn't say it's a it's a lot of strawberries, but what the farms are saying is that they're small, flavorful, really red, juicy strawberries, and they're all looking really good. You can go again and see like photos that they're posting of them. They look absolutely delicious. We always like to go out to Bass's Tasted Country. I know they're still picking, um, and you take like the tractor out, and it's it's just a fun experience. Um, the other cool place is Apple Barn Orchard and Winery in Elkhorn because you can also do a wine tasting while you're there. I heard and winery. Fun. right right um but yeah so and the the other thing is if you miss strawberry picking season because right now it's like the peak so you really got to go this week if you're going to go um but if you miss it they some of these places do blueberries some of them do raspberries and then you know sunflower season is right around the corner so there's always something going on at these farms so what's the ruling uh, in your family on whether or not the kids get to take a little sample here come on of course they can Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think even the farms sort of say, like, yeah, you can taste a few while you're out there. You don't want to go overboard or anything, but yeah. Don't have two pints. (laughs) We'd like you to bring those in for the weigh-in. Hey, Kelly, so uh, the fireworks are going to start firing up here in the next few days through the weekend, and then they go in ever and ever and ever for some communities. Where are your kids at as far as fireworks go? Are they still in on that? 
Oh, totally. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we're in the Glendale area, so we're trying to decide between like the Glendale fireworks or maybe we try the Whitefish Bay ones this year. We just uh, posted all the information about the lakefront fireworks. That sounds like an amazing event. Um, and yeah, definitely. My kids are way into it. All these lists up on uh, mkewithkids.com, talking with Callie Herbst. Let me switch gears on you uh, again, uh, talking about Summerfest. That fires back up this weekend. We already had Children's Fest last week. So any thoughts on when is like the right age to bring kids down to Summerfest and just give them a taste of that experience? Okay, so I'm, obviously this is so different for everyone, but I'm a real Summerfest fan. I love taking my kids to music festivals and just things um, that doesn't really phase us. So I really think if you're up for it, go during the day. There's plenty to do for kids. Um, They've got the splash pad there. They've got the community park now, which is just a hub for families. It's absolutely amazing. And there's great restroom facilities there and everything. They have um, the Ferris wheel overlooking the lake, the sky glider. I mean, to me, if you're up for it you're ki- and you're, you know, ready for the, the semi-challenge, um, I think it's family-friendly during the day, and we, we definitely we took them down last year, and we're going to take them down again this year. Totally agree with the idea of even starting, if, you, if that's something you want to get a taste of, to do yeah. it during the day, because you can still, the kid's not going to know any different when it comes to the bands that are playing. They can still like, <laughs> enjoy like, an actual yeah. concert and just like, get that feel, get that experience, and not have to worry about being there exactly. at 11 o'clock at night. Exactly. And it's really a fun atmosphere. And the other cool thing is that, like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with School of Rock. It's like a music school in the area. They have, like, kid bands playing so your kids can sort of, you know, get inspired or just maybe enjoy seeing something like that. I mean, there's always so much going on. And, I mean, the Ferris wheel is always so fun. Um, So, yeah, I'm a fan of Summerfest. And my kids absolutely loved it last year. I remember they bought, like, sunglasses and ice cream, and we just had a fun day out together. Website is mkewithkids.com. Callie, thanks so much. Happy 4th of July, too. That's going to be ahead before we talk to you again. Yes, you too. Thanks for having me. My kid's not really into the fireworks anymore. They're kind of growing out of it. Past it? Over it? Yeah. I mean, they'd watch them, but they... They don't want to wait for him. If no, that we'll makes send sense. him over to Scafidi's house. Isn't that his thing? <laughs> ah, fireworks. I don't know what the big deal is. Ah, fireworks. You know? When they go up, they explode. What? I mean, if you like it, if you like it, have the fireworks. Fine. Just don't come the day before. Yeah. Fourth of July. It's supposed to be around America. America. We're celebrating America. Six forty-one on Wisconsin's morning news. Getting you going here this Tuesday morning. If you do a lot of work at your kid's school you got to befriend the custodians, right? They are some of the most important people They know everything. School. They know everything. They know all the ins and outs. They can get you what you need. You're having some event at night, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. The music club is doing its thing. You need a door open. You need whatever. Got to be good friends with the custodial they service. They probably know why that alarm by the freezer is going off. For example. <laughs> for example, here's a story for you. This one out of New York, a New York University filing a $1 million lawsuit against a cleaning company after the school said a janitor in a lab accidentally destroyed more than 20 years of scientific research. Ooh. So he was cleaning the <laughs> what did lab. He do? do you know how you complain about the uh, the fridge out here? Some we have a fridge in our little um yeah. our little area. It's a small one. And sometimes it beeps. Yeah, something's up with that thing. From time to time, some sensor is off, or the temperature is too low, too high, and it beep, beep, nobody addresses it. And that's an annoying alarm, right? It is. 
Well, so this janitor took care of an annoying alarm. Oh, good. Good for him. (laughs) Heard some sounds from the alarm, was annoyed by it, annoying alarms, thought something was wrong, went down there and uh, went to the electrical box to make sure everything was okay, and accidentally turned off important breakers, thus... Screwing up the temperature and killing all kinds of lab cells, different things that they had that they had been monitoring for two decades. This hits a breaker. It's like, then the beeping stops. All right, fixed. All right, we're good now. All right, on to the other thing. Took care of that. Good thing I was here. Yeah. So a million-dollar lawsuit now, not filed specifically against the, the custodian, but against the company that he is a part of. I don't know how that resolves itself. I mean, honest mistake, right? But also it did happen. It's a lot of research, right. a lot of people's work. Researchers found that the majority of their specimens were compromised, destroyed, and rendered unsalvageable. Oh. Yeah. yeah, but that alarm is off. <laughs> yeah, right? It's not knowing anybody now. <laughs> Brandon Snyder has sports next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Joey Weimer hit his 11th home run of the season, and Colin Ray threw six and one-thirds innings, allowing just one run as the Brewers hold on for the 2-1 to victory Monday night against the Mets. The now first-place Brewers will look to keep it rolling tonight in New York. Coverage gets underway of Brewers and Mets here on WTMJ beginning at 535. NBA free agency is set to begin Friday at 5 p.m., Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez will headline the Bucks' free agent list, and the team will get set to begin their summer league play in Las Vegas beginning on July 7th. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Brendan Snide. The Men's College World Series crowned their champion on Monday night with LSU routing Florida in the deciding Game 3. I'm not sure about you, but as I sat there and watched that game last night, it got me thinking a little bit. Why can't we have a baseball team here in Wisconsin playing in Madison? In 1991, the university cut its baseball team with the excuse of, quote, eliminating debt. Fast forward to today, money in collegiate sports, well, not Breaking the news here, it's never been higher. The universities are making hand over fist, and the athletes are walking around making more money in school than most will make following their education with the NIL deals. If you're wondering if a college baseball team would get the support they would require, I don't think you have to look too far. The Badger fan base has done a marvelous job rallying behind the men's and women's hockey teams, and let's be honest, hockey is not a top three sport in this state. The Milwaukee Brewers fall just behind the Packers as far as popularity in the state of Wisconsin, and the university, if they established a team again, would garner, in my opinion, all the support they would need. Prep baseball in Wisconsin has never been more popular, and the state is currently home to seven Northwoods League baseball teams. If you think the state doesn't love baseball, I challenge you to think again. Since taking over as the athletic director at the university, Chris McIntosh has established himself as someone who is ready to lead his own path. If 13 other Big Ten schools can field a baseball team, so can the Wisconsin Badgers. Let's make it happen, Chris. Tuesday morning for you, future NBA Hall of Famer and Marquette University star Dwayne Wade is leading a fun charity initiative with a former teammate, Wisconsin's own Travis Diener, and it it highlights something that should be important to parents everywhere, even those who have kids with special athletic talent, maybe they're going to play at the next level like these guys. 
Lori Nickel, two-time sports writer of the year for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel with us this morning. And Lori, I know you're working on an interesting piece where you reveal, I think what a lot of us don't know about D. Wade was that academics were a considerable struggle for him initially as an MU student, and it's why he's focused on childhood literacy as he moves beyond his MBA career. Right. So, you know, just yesterday was the 20-year anniversary that he was drafted in the NBA. But well before that, when I met him as a 17-year-old, and then when he was 18, he was the Prop 48 kid at Marquette. And back then, that meant that if you weren't academically eligible, um, you couldn't practice with the team, you couldn't do, you know, you weren't, you didn't get any financial aid, and you couldn't compete. And uh, last week, Dwayne told me on the phone, you know, that he really had to work hard to catch up. He was taking speed reading classes just to be able to finish his ACT and his SAT. And so as a young kid who struggled, you know, and the local library was closed, didn't have books literally in Chicago for him. Now it's so important to him to emphasize literacy. And that's part of this new camp with Travis Diener. I think what's revealing about that, too, Lori, is Dwayne was offered that opportunity, that special coaching, if you will, in academics because he had this extraordinary athletic talent. So there was a need to you know, yeah. usher him through that. But so many kids who aren't going next level in sports don't have that opportunity, and he wants to provide that for them. Well, and he said, too, that he really wanted to get involved in Milwaukee. You know, Dwayne Wade has um, a foundation, and he's very philanthropic. He's been doing stuff like this for a long time. But Marquette had its Final Four reunion um, just this year for the 20-year reunion of the Final Four team in 2003. And he started talking with Travis Diener and just said, what can I do? And Marquette University has a summer reading program, and they both wanted to emphasize it. So that's part of this three-day like festival that's coming up in July where they're going to have a basketball camp, um, a golf outing, a a tee off party at discovery world. And all of that is to support literacy and reading programs for young kids. It's something that he really values a lot as an adult. Lori, I find it very interesting too, just as we see some of these superstars and athletes when they retire and move on to the next phase of their lives, looking for ways to enhance their legacy, finding a way to leave a mark other than just by the sport they played. Yeah, and, you know, he was such a great basketball player. <laughs> I was just reviewing some of his clips. I mean, there was so much talent. He, his legacy is set, right? I mean, he was the NBA scoring mm-hmm. champion in 2009. But Dwayne has always been different. And, um, you know, I remember the early stories, like when he first made his NBA deal, it was headlines that he tithed 10% of his earnings to his church, and that made national news at the time, you know, when he was very young. So, But now it's personal to him, and he has this strong desire to reconnect with his Marquette teammates and with the Milwaukee community, even though he was only here for three years. Uh, and as he said to me, you know, after I drafted, I, I was drafted, I was gone. And it's true. I mean, other than seeing him play here with the Miami Heat, he wasn't, we didn't see him much. Um, but now he feels this urge and this sense of, I don't know if it's duty or, you know, just a desire 
to reconnect and do community outreach in Milwaukee. And this, he hopes, is not a one-time thing. He wants to sustain this charity outing with Travis for years to come. And that seems just as important to him, talking to him, as his multimedia career and TV deals and all the other stuff that he's doing right now. The other thing I like about athletes post-career, and and even when they're in their career, Lori, is all these guys have money. And not to diminish the impact that they can have by contributing money or starting foundations or things like that. But when you watch guys who give their time, that's really important. And to know that Dwayne is physically coming back here and engaging and reaching out in the community, that is a strong message to me. That was my first question to him and to Travis. You know, are you going to be able to talk with people or is this going to be a photo op behind a desk? And they, it, not at all. They want to be out in the community and shaking hands and talking to people and in a relaxed environment and connecting. Um, you know, but I agree with you. Um, for Travis, I, who I know a little bit better because he's here, it, the connection with the kids is such a big deal. And, um, especially to emphasize what they are trying to put a priority on, which is education and your schooling, as well as your athletic talent, that reaches kids better than any publicity stunt or, you know, promotional ad or whatever. So it it is cool. And these two have a special bond as well that goes way back. You know, they used to uh, argue with each other when they were roommates on the road and, and yeah. Travis Diener would have to sleep in the bathtub because Dwayne Wade was snoring so loud. So <laughs> they're going to be able to get kids to laugh and, and to lighten up and, and kind of, you know, it, it's a good partnership for sure. They're all good stories. Thanks for sharing it with us this morning, Lori. Thank you. Lori Take care, Nicole, guys. Two-time sports writer of the year for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel with us every Tuesday morning. Business headlines are up next. They're sponsored by Old National Bank. Get old. Here's the Milwaukee Business Journal's Teddy Nichol. Harley-Davidson will pay Milwaukee County Parks $100,000 for an event sponsorship agreement to use Veterans Park at the lakefront during the company's 120th anniversary celebration. The event runs July 13th through the 16th. Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers recently signed five bills designed to spur more affordable housing development. They include revolving loan programs and policies making it easier for developers to win local approval for projects. They could receive a combined $525 million in state money. The local food truck Tots on the Street has found a permanent home at Bad Moon Saloon on South Clement Avenue. It previously had a temporary space at the Crossroads Collective Food Hall. It sells stuffed tater tots, including Wisconsin cheese curd tots and buffalo chicken tots. I'm Teddy Nykel with MilwaukeeBusinessJournal.com on News Radio WTMJ.